Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Technical Difficulties, the podcast. I'm your host, Dustin, and today I'm very excited because I've got my uh, buddy here. He's a DJ. He's a musician. His name's Matt Swiftney. Uh, we actually met last year because he was the DJ at our wedding, or Amanda and I's wedding, and we we bonded over our love of music and everything, and he ended up uh, composing some music for one of my upcoming films. So, Matt, I'm very, very happy to have you here. Dustin, thank you so much. I'm really excited about this. Um, I'm glad. And thank you for having me. Of course. Yeah, um, it's been your... I don't know, it's been a while since I've had a guest on, I feel like, because I, like I said, this was a quarantine project, and I had a few guests on. It was mostly remote, so I think you're actually the first, like, in-person guest. I'm about it. I'm about it. <laughs> so. so, but yeah, the reason I wanted to have you on is because, uh, you know, again, like, our love for music. Um, so what I'd like you to just be able to do is just tell us a bit more about, like, what you do, and, and not as just a DJ, but as a producer and musician. But, you know, tell tell our audience a bit about that, and then, yeah, we'll just kind of go from there. All right. So, uh, my name is Matt Swiftney. Uh, I've been making music since I was 14. I started playing bass. Uh, I later on learned drums and piano. I went to Wayne State for music for a little while, and I kind of, you know, fell into DJing, and, um, you know, it just happened. And uh, now I'm a wedding DJ. I do bars. Uh, I DJ a workout class. And uh, I've always been dabbling in production, but I'm starting to try to really, like, nail it out and put it together and, like, make more of a formal, like, you know, routine of it, you know. So, yeah, you know, um, I produce what I want. I haven't had a whole bunch of, like, paid projects or anything, but I'm trying to get there. But in terms of, you know, DJing, that's kind of a set thing, you know, like I do, like, 30 weddings a year. This year was a little lighter, and a lot of that was, like, COVID things, and, um, yeah, I, um, I'm trying to go full-time audio, I guess I would say. It doesn't have to be music anymore. It's full-time audio. That's what I would like to do. So okay. I'm working on it. Right on. Yeah. And, and that's great because that's really what it's at is just like setting a, a future goal for yourself. You might not be exactly where you are at the moment or where you want to be at the moment, but you've got that, that mindset, that goal. Right. So um, I think one of the most valuable things for me that I've learned over the years is to adapt, you know, and like art is kind of a hustle at some point, isn't it? And you need to be able to adapt to your surroundings and be able to survive, right? So like, truthfully, I didn't aspire to be a DJ. It just kind of happened. Like um, someone reached out to me and was like, hey, would you DJ at this bar? And I told them no. Cause I didn't have any music. I didn't have a controller. I just wasn't a DJ. And they told me it was $15 an hour to run a streaming service. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm broke. <laughs> and, uh, it just took off, you know? Um, so yeah, yeah. So that's what I think about like having to adapt. Like, you know, like I, I didn't even really, you know, in the beginning I was just like, I'm going to make some money, you know, like I could, you know, pay some bills and move out. I, I never expected to be like a wedding DJ and like a wedding DJ at this pace I figured maybe I'd do a couple here and there but like 30 a year is a lot you know even for people around me that I know so I'm very lucky you know like I just I can't believe it I just can't <laughs> right so yeah well that's that's awesome to see how you started and like how you got to where you are now and what you mentioned about um kind of like adapting you know to like your your surroundings or circumstances 
Um, I think that's that's a great uh, tool to have in your belt. Like just the adaptability and being able to, because you, you know things are just changing rapidly. Right. Technology advances. Like um, the fact that you can now you can do whatever like just on your phone. And last year when I started this thing, I I was just using my phone right. and just like just sitting in my car talking to my phone, and. I never would have thought like I could do like make a podcast like that. Right. And, but kind of like you said, it was like last year is like everything shut down. Like uh, my film English breakfast that we started last year, it shut down. And then I'm kind of like just literally stuck at home. Right. And I'm like, what do I do? Like, you know, cause as artists, we have the desire to create and put things out there. And what do you do when you're stuck at home? Yeah. You know, yeah. not by choice. Um, you adapt and that's where I learned, you know, I, I learned, a, I definitely learned and I grew a lot last year and there's so many things you can do just with using basic resources. Right, right. I think that's a good point, but I also want to like backtrack a bit and say that like, you know, I met you because you were a videographer and look at you now, like you're doing a podcast. So like there was an adaptation even there, you know what I'm saying? Like you just saw you know, the room for something and you made it happen. So, and it was outside of your like regular field. Not that it's like, you know, the biggest throw away, you know, but like you still were like, you know what, I'm going to put in the time. I'm going to learn how to do this, you know? So what were we talking about other than that? I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, you're good. So like the music aspect, um, and you, you hit the proverbial nail on the head because as a, as a videographer or like filmmaker, I have a desire to tell stories. Yeah. And podcasting is just another extension of that. Right. In the same way that being a DJ and doing weddings and stuff is an extension of being a musician. It's your desire to play play music. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, and like, it's different, right? You know, because like I'm not necessarily being creative like I used to be. But at the same time, like, it's easier. It helps my life be more sustainable. Like, I love creating, but I also just love the procedural aspect of DJing. Show up, play the music, go home. You know, like, it's not like you're stressing over your creative project like we were just talking about for two years, and it's not out yet. And it's like, you know, why? You know, like, what what changes have you gone through over the last two years while making this project that is influencing this project and making you want to change it you know plus like i'm sure you know as you like grow with a creative project you probably hate your creative project at some point right like you're so close to it that it's like is this good you know and like you'll show it to people and they'll be like yeah it's good but you'll be like no this is awful you know and that's that's when you really get to work is when you you hate it you know and i think you know yeah you know art is tough being an artist is just so tough. Um, and that's one thing that's great about, you know, DJing is just the proceduralness of it. Like I'm, I'm creative, but in a minimal aspect in comparison, it's not like, you know, like, okay, I came up with this chord progression. I'm going to write this drum pattern. I'm going to play this bass line. I got to find a singer, you know, like it's just different. So it, that has been a blessing to me. You know, I love that. Oh, that's great. And it's more, it's more controlled in that aspect because kind of like you mentioned, you can start working on a project and you have it like in your head, like, oh yeah, I'll have this done by the end of the month. But then reality sets in, life sets in. And then like, 
Like, for example, my film that I shot last year during Amanda and I's honeymoon that we originally were going to release of Halloween last year. And now it's, you know, almost Thanksgiving the following year. Yeah. And it's still, you know, it's still not done. And it's because the way life progressed. Right. And I ended up being the sole editor on that film. Yeah. And kind of like what you said, when you spend so much time and you're like, like me, I was like, I'm the only person editing this thing. And it just keeps getting to the point where I'm like, I don't know if this is even good or not. Right, right. You need a team of people, you know, and I think that's one thing that goes to be said about, you know, a whole lot of art and like, first off, like, why does it take the average human two years to complete like a great art project? Like, you know, coming out with an album or coming out with a video. Do you have a day job? Yeah, so I do too. And, um, you know, if we didn't have day jobs, we would be focusing more on our art, right? Which obviously makes more time for us to create and finish. So, like, you'd arguably get a project done sooner. But I think what people don't realize, like, when you're, like, not an artist and, like, we're arguably starting to get deeper into the profession, right? Like, we might still be nobodies, but, like, we're getting deeper and we're realizing that people have teams and not only that, like these people who have teams might not have day jobs and that's all they do is focus on their art. The same amount of that we're working a day job and then making time for our art. You know what I'm saying? So like those people who are coming out with things on like a legit, like, you know, money making schedule, like they're working just as hard as us. It's just they, that is their day job too, you know, so they have more time. And I think that's, what's really tough about like people at our level and getting into our age and continuing to create, you know, but I still love it and I'm sure you do. Right. Oh yeah. That's why we do it. So. Yeah. And, um, I would say last year, last year I did get a bit discouraged and I, I almost got to the point of why bother? Because, you know, if, if you can't go to a movie theater, why bother being a filmmaker? Right. And for what did it for me is when we finally, we finally got to finish English breakfast this past summer. And then I ended up because it it was a long, it was a long and just tiring shoot. Like it was, I could do a whole episode about that, but (laughs) we went to, or, um, I had an extra day off just to relax. And I went to see, uh, the green Knight in the movie theater by myself. And so coming off the high of like just directing and, you know, another film, but then I got to sit and like watch this movie and it, the green Knight is fucking phenomenal. If you haven't seen it, like I highly recommend it. I don't know it. anything about it. Okay. It's never heard of it. My... Sounds like a superhero movie. <laughs> it does, but it's like, uh, it's actually like an Arthurian. It's based on, um, a poem from like the 14th century about like set in like the King Arthur times, Oh, which is not usually my cup of tea, but watching this film, there was something about it that just hit me as so profound. Um, not just the way the story was told, but the story itself. And then I just kind of sat there in this theater by myself. And I was like, you know what? I'm like, one day I'm going to go to a theater and I'm going to see, I'm going to buy a ticket because I'm cheesy and like see my own film. Yeah. It, it just like, it reignited that, that passion for me. Good. And cause yeah, it happens. You get discouraged or you think, you know, why bother? Like, you know, things aren't really going anywhere. But it's really just a mindset. I agree. You it's, just have to keep that mindset. It's almost like, as terrible as this is to say, it's like winning the lottery, right? Like, if you continue to play the lottery long enough, like, you're going to win something, right? You know? And I think that that 
is why like I'm at where I'm at. Like I've done a lot of things, you know, like first it was playing the bass and then it was playing, you know, the drums and then it was the piano. And like one day I was just like, sure, I'll try being a DJ. And like, it just starts working, right? Like you've just, you know, been around in your industry long enough to make connections and things happen. And I also think that manifesting like you just did is a huge part of it too. You know, like, not that I, like, go home and, like, you know, talk myself up in the mirror and, like, manifest like that or anything, but, like, there was a point where I set out and I was like, I think I can do this, and not only do I think I can do this, I'm going to do this. But, like, I definitely get what you say about, like, you know, feeling down about it, too, because, like, you know, COVID really put me in a position where I didn't want to create. Just for the last couple years, I haven't really wanted to create, but, like, right now at this current moment, like, I'm like, okay... Like, I had a great, you know, wedding season. I'm starting to have a lot of bar work. I'm very lucky to have, like, people that support me. Like, I don't think it's going to be any easier than it is right now to start creating and try to get people to care about that. So, like, right now, I'm really motivated to get back into creating and producing and stuff. So, I hope to come out with you know an edm type album i don't necessarily want to like say it's gonna be like that and be like 100 strict because like i don't know i've always been like multifaceted you know like genre wise and stuff like i'll get into anything you know so like i try to like combine elements that don't necessarily go together and i'm you know i'm not really like trying to say that to be like cool and stuff you know like uh i just i don't know i do what i like you know and i try to be a little you know, weird about it, like, you know, maybe I've got, like, sweet horn lines in my EDM intro, you know, like, I don't know, like, I feel like I don't hear that a ton, but, like, do I listen to enough EDM to, like, know? Um, so, I don't know what I'm gonna do, but I definitely aim to come out with an album of some sorts soon. It's been a long time since I've had an album come out, and, uh, I just want to make sure that the focus is I made it with my computer, and, like, you know, not a drum set, bass guitar, and a guitar. You know, that's my goal right now. So, yeah. But um, I can't wait to see some of your stuff get out because I've seen, you know, the video that you let me do, and I was about it. You guys get good quality, you know. Oh, thank you. So I think everything looks nice. And, um, you know, at your wedding, I was lucky enough to meet a bunch of the people. Like, I could, I recognize one of the girls that stood up. She was in the movie, too. She was, you know, the, like, the end uh, villain at the end of the movie that I saw. You know, I forget her name. It's on the wall when you walk in. Oh, Larissa? Yeah, that was it. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I knew it was something like that because <laughs> I wanted yeah. to say it was Marissa. But, like, I was uh -huh. like, I know that's not it. And I knew that was going to flop right. me up at the gig, you know. So that's I was okay. like, I got to pay attention to this girl's name, you know. But, um... I remember meeting everybody at your wedding and just recognizing them and you saying that, you know, a lot of them worked on your projects and you guys just have a good chemistry and a good bond. And I think that's what makes great art and projects, you know, mm -hmm. so I can't wait to see what you guys come out with. I'm into it. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> no, I greatly appreciate that. Um, so yeah, See You Next Fall was the film that uh, my wife, Amanda and I, we shot last year. It was like the final two days of our honeymoon. We just like, we did it. And then... Um, Matt ended up composing a, uh, part, like a, a musical, uh, or just part of the soundtrack really that, um, I was aiming for a kind of a, it follows vibe, it, the film by David Robert Mitchell. I wanted that like synthy, like, 
um, anxiety inducing, like you're, you're being followed kind of thing. So, um, which you, you pulled off like, like quite well. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, so truthfully, that was a project that really, uh, put me outside of my comfort zone. Like I can think of in all the years that I've been writing music, um, where I wanted to write a project that made people uncomfortable. And, uh, so I, I was huge into jazz at the time I was going to Wayne state and taking like, uh, lessons. And I took, uh, something from my real book, which if you don't know what that is, it's just like a book of like a bunch of jazz standards and they just give you chord charts and the melody and stuff. And it's like a learning resource for students, you know, in that realm, um, you know, it would kind of be like, you know, a jazz students, like giant tab book of all of the hits, you know? Um, so, um, I took this progression for a jazz tune that I just liked and thought was kind of creepy when it was played fast and I slowed it down and, you know, added a bunch of like reverse noises and stuff. And, uh, I like remember vaguely screaming something into a microphone and getting really weird about it. It was just a bunch of weird noises. And, uh, I invited my stepbrother into the room at the time. I recorded this thing on a loop pedal and like a 10 watt guitar amp, you know what I'm saying? Um, and I brought my stepbrother in and I was like, come listen to this. And he was like a child and, uh, <laughs> I showed it to him, and he started panicking by the time we got to the end of it. And I was like, wow, I, like, accomplished that goal. You know, like, I made something truly weird. And um, so, you know, that's kind of where the headspace was for making your project. And uh, I would love to, you know, say that I think I, you know, tried some things that were cool and new for me, but maybe might be overdone in the production realm. Uh, I sampled glasses breaking. You know, that's a sound that's in there. I have... My girlfriend will love this. I have a terribly squeaky door that uh, every oh, time I'm on yes, the phone talking yes. to her, uh, she hates it. Like, you know, if I open <laughs> up the door, she's like, I wish you would put WD-40 on that door. She always gives me a hard time, but I sampled that and I put it in the song. Uh, I'm not sure that ended up being in your cut that you're using because I gave you a few. But um, Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Plus, like, a lot of, like, weird techniques, too. Like, I threw, like, Bit Crusher on a lot of you know, uh, percussion and stuff like that. And I also tried to be really weird about like the phrasing of the track. So like, obviously like, you know, when you're doing like, you know, a top 40 track, like phrasing is important, you know, like it'll be like four measures of this, four measures of this, four measures of this. But I really tried to like switch things up and like come up with like weird random snare patterns that like were almost polyrhythmic, but like, I don't know enough about polyrhythms in order to like, you know, be like, yeah, this is a polyrhythm. <laughs> But it was definitely like, you know, instead of having like four measures of the same drum pattern, it was like pattern one, pattern two, pattern three, pattern one. And like, I think that helped a lot with the anxiety and, you know, it was a lot of fun. I really loved doing it. Oh, and, that's uh, good. I remember driving to Meyer after I made your track and I was like looking over my shoulder. Like I was just kind of paranoid about everything, you know, so it was yeah. a lot of fun. Thank you for the opportunity for that. Like, oh, yeah, you know, of course. Glad. I'm glad someone needed something and reached out to me and was like, Hey, do this. You yeah. Know? So, no, that's awesome. And, um, yeah, I, so I didn't like the, the little like subtleties and stuff, like you would have to point it out for me to notice, but I absolutely love that you put all those touches into it. Um, cause some of my favorite 
musicians they will do stuff like that yeah like there's this french musician that he's he's one of my all-time favorites his name is igor okay and his stuff it's just like he mixes like edm with like death metal with like bach classical type music with like gothic opera that like sounds up my alley, it's honestly. it's so crazy and uh there's one song where because uh, before the album came out, he had a little teaser, and he was using some kind of like circular saw or something on like some metal. Like he was just like just kind of fucking around in the studio, and you can't totally hear it in the final product. But just the fact that he like put those little touches into it, it I just I love that stuff. Right. So um, that was truly a first for me, like your project, where I was like, okay, I'm gonna like get weird and like try to like sample you know, odd noises around my house that are, like, uncomforting. Um, but it was really cool. And, you know, there's a whole world of people that do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's producers that are just strictly sample, like, found sample-based, you know. Um, so it was a really cool project, and I'll, um, you know, have to check Igor out. Like, I'll probably check it out on the way home. Um, and that's a realm of, like, EDM that I have not gotten into. So I'm really curious to explore. You know, so what else have you been listening to lately? Um, oh, so that that's actually a great segue because um, I, I've been listening to a lot of ABBA, actually. Okay, cool. I love ABBA. I Well, I love Dance and Queen. I don't okay, know enough, yeah. but like I play Dance and Queen at almost every Oh, day. I bet. It's yeah. one of my favorite songs. Or Mamma songs. Mia. Yeah. Nah, I, I oh, don't no. think I've that's ever That's not like a big Mama wedding Mia. song. Well, it might be, but like, you mm. know, everybody has like, you know, their own things, you know. Yeah, and like, yeah. I guess I've just never bonded with Mamma Mia enough in order to try it. But like, if someone came up to me after this conversation and said, "Play Mamma Mia by Abba," I would I would not hesitate now. You know, I would be <laughs> like, "Okay, we're gonna give it a shot." You know, so yeah, Go that ahead. that'll be me because I. So recently, I was never into Abba because you know I kind of grew up with my parents being like, "Oh, disco, disco sucks." And so I always had this kind of like negative view on like disco and that disco is like, you know, it's just like not good. And then recently, I don't know why, but I was like, I kind of feel like listening to some disco. I have no idea why. So I started listening to it and, you know, Casey and the Sunshine Band and like all the, you know, this different bands from like the 70s. No, I've never heard of Casey and the Sunshine Band. No? I'm just kidding. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was going to say, did I say the name wrong? No, you yeah. I just figured that would be funny. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm like, well, there's a first for everything. No, no, you know? no. Yeah, Casey's great. Um, keep going, keep going. Oh, you're good. So then uh so then I look up Abba and then uh so John Carpenter, like, you know, he's one of my biggest influences. And John Carpenter is tweeting about the new Abba and I'm like, Oh, they got new music. And so I look into it and it's like, um, they just released their first album of music in forty years. Wow. And so I basically before the album came out, I just listened. I do this. I like listen to their discography in like reverse chronological. So I start with like the first album they released up until the most recent, and I've just been hooked. And I'm usually a metal like a metalhead. I think we've talked about this. Yeah. So like Abba's not usually on my playlist. Yeah, yeah. I actually I remember you sending me. Uh, you did a cover of a between between the buried and me song, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, and you you were the screamer on it. So hearing that you're into ABBA is very interesting, actually. So I'm also into like I love pop, like I I'm particular with it, but I like I love Carly Rae Jepsen, I love Michael Jackson, like I love like different kinds of pop music. No lie, dude, 
I remember seeing the playlist for your wedding, and I was like, okay, the girl picked all this music, Amanda picked all this music, <laughs> and I got there, and I don't remember, I think I was either on the phone with her, or like we were talking in person, and uh, I was like, yeah, you know, I think it's kind of clear that like you picked all the music, and she was like, no, 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 Dustin picked all that music, <laughs> and I was like, really? I was like, this is like everything I want to play. And just, you know, knowing the little bit that I did about your background was really surprising because, you know, I wasn't expecting everything that you guys picked, like, after knowing about you. you know? Okay. So it was interesting to see, like, that, like, you were like, okay, we're obviously at a wedding. Like, I'm not going to make you play death metal at your wedding. But we did do that mosh pit. So, oh, yes. Uh, what, what was yeah, it? Party, Party Hard, Hard by yeah. Andrew WK. It was fun. I, I opted to go with a more, like, family-friendly mosh, mosh pit song. Um, there were some other songs I picked, but I was like, okay, I'm like, I'll compromise with Party Hard because that is I think classic. it was a good choice. You know, what were your other options? Oh, gosh. There was a, there was a song by Hatebreed. Really? <laughs> which uh, I remember years ago, I was like, I'm going to play this at my wedding, and, like, have a, <laughs> like have a mosh pit. Right. And I think I showed it to Amanda and she was like, eh. And then there was a song, there was, it was a newer song by Under Oath. Okay. I think it was called um, like Skin My Teeth or something, but it just like if you listen to it, you just want to fucking rage. Okay. So it's like, oh, that would be a good one too. And then, you know, because I, I tried to run everything past Amanda, and make sure like good she call. was she was good cool call. with it. And you know, we're gonna have like family and stuff. So, but I was like dead set. I'm like, we gotta have a mosh pit. <laughs> I was like, please let I me. I love have that. One. That was your your hold on to thing. You know what I'm saying? So that was the only time I've ever done that at a wedding. I've played metal at a wedding. Um, people were expecting a mosh at a wedding that I had not too long ago, but it just ended up being a little cold, and the groom ended up having, like, a surprise surgery that needed to come up, like, the week of. Like, they almost canceled the wedding, so we ended up not doing the mosh pit. But I played... Makes sense. Yeah. But I played, and I it was the first time I ever heard it. Um, I had to acquire the track, you know, because you don't ever trust Wi-Fi when you're at a wedding. And um, I had to play People Equal Shit. Um, so I'm sitting no there, way. I'm sitting there uh, listening to People Equal Shit. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to play this at a wedding. And like, I sent it out to all of my DJ buddies, the whole list. And I wish I had the list of the songs right now. Because I sent it to the, my group chat of DJs. And my buddy Deontay was like, Oh my god, that music list just sounds so aggressive. Like, <laughs> and people equals shit was like just one of like the very like you know. I mean, that's obviously like a very pointed name, right? Like we're going. For oh something. yeah. And all of the names of the songs were like that. Like <laughs> I, I feel like I played. Um, I, I definitely played a song from. Uh, the show on Adult Swim about the metalheads. Oh, Metalocalypse. Yeah, that's what I thought it was, but I didn't want to goof, but I know I definitely played one song from them, too. And uh, I think Cannibal Corpse was on there. So I was, like, truly blown away to be playing some of that at a wedding. But I think Party Hard was the way to go. You know, because it was light, happy, fun. And it's obviously, like, it's, like, Party Hard, you know? Like, oh, so yeah. It was a good time. Oh, thank you. I'm also su I'm surprised to hear that our wedding was the only one you did where there was a mosh pit. I didn't, I guess I didn't realize how not common that is. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I've never had it happen before. And I have done some, you know, based off of my background, I've done like some very scene kid weddings, you know, like that's kind of like 
uh, a good iron in the fire for me to like spread to other people to be like you know oh he was in a band and it's like yeah I, I know like you know if you want to jam media parade and blink 182 and stuff like that I, I got you you know um so yeah but no mosh pit no mosh pit ever so uh truthfully i was a little worried i was like because we didn't really know each other right so like um your wife met me at a gig you were working too right Derek mclean's wedding and um oh yeah yeah yep so um i didn't even like remember you guys and you ended up booking me through a company that i subcontract through and when i got there you know we started talking and we did the phone call and that's when you know amanda told me she was like oh yeah we were at Darren mcclain's wedding or you did and i was like oh okay like i remember these guys now so like it was weird that we like didn't know each other and i also think it was weird that like i didn't know like your family either because your family is very deep in the music scene and um they were just people that like i knew of and they probably knew of me and we just never crossed paths which is weird because We've all been in the scene for so long, and it's such a small thing. You know, like, I mean, like, the scene is the scene, but it's, like, it's not like everybody's a part of it, you know? So, it's just interesting that, like, we have never crossed paths before. Right, because, um, and I'm a little vague on the details, but you knew, I think you knew my brother Jordan yeah, beforehand? He, he partied at um, my parents' house a couple times when I lived there. Uh, he was a good, he's a good guy. Oh, yeah. 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 He was my best man. So. Yeah, I uh, I don't remember the details of the wedding party, but I do remember him because he came up to me and he was like, you know, he brought it up and he's like, yeah, I've been at your house a couple times. And uh, I was like, <laughs> that's why. Oh, yeah, I remember you now, you know, but like, you know, also like, you know, I mean, I didn't want to like I was working a wedding. I didn't want to like, you know, reminisce about partying in public, you know what I'm saying? At a wedding, you know, so. Yeah, but I I wouldn't have cared. <laughs> I um yeah, you know, you got to be a little professional, right? But like that was For one sure. thing that I was thinking about on the way here too. Um uh, I know, I'm sorry. I hope we're not like going too weird. Like yeah. I hope you think that I'm like connecting. Um but with your wedding, uh I believe it might have been one of my last weddings of the year. That was 2020, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Um so your wedding was on a Sunday. I do remember that. And I remember it was kind of out in the middle of nowhere. Um, it definitely wasn't, you know, Shelby Township. I do remember that. Uh, and I got there, and you guys booked me for your ceremony. And your ceremony was super early in comparison to the rest of the wedding. So there was like four or five hours of cocktail hour. Um, that was just like, you know, I set up Spotify and just like let it go and played a little bit of everything. And just like walking around finding out that you guys were vendors, which I knew, but I, like, didn't know until I was there. And then it was, like, you guys were vendors. So, like, I walked away after finding out that, like, I had, you know, done a wedding that you guys shot, and I was like, oh, my God, I have to fucking destroy this gig now. You know what I'm saying? Like, anxiety. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh -huh. But then everyone just ended up being so cool. You know what I'm saying? Your whole family, all your friends, everybody was super chill. Nobody was stressed about anything. I feel like there's like four types of wedding clients and it's like chill, not chill, prepared and not prepared. And you could be any combination of those things. And you guys were just chill and prepared. And it was very calm all day. And I think that that was just in the air for you guys. Like it's, it's your friends, it's you guys as people, you know, so like your wedding was a lot of fun and a very like great experience. 
Oh, know, that's so good was. to hear. Yeah. Some weddings are a lot of work, but your guys's wasn't, you know, other than like the time of like being there like all day, which like I honestly don't even care about because I had so much fun getting to know everybody. Like, you know, normally I'd be like, oh man, this ceremony's at noon and I've got to be there till midnight. That's like a long day. You know, I'm showing up at 10 o'clock, I'm playing till midnight, I'm packing up, I'm leaving at one and that was far for me. It was like an hour and a half away. But by the time I was done with it, I was like, I love these kids. You know, like I, that wasn't even work, you know, like that was like me bringing my toys and like hanging out with people, you know, so yeah, I loved your wedding. It was fantastic. No, that's great to hear. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned that because that was a compliment I got like the whole night was like just how, first off, how like relaxed I was. People said I was the most relaxed groom that they'd ever worked with. And if only they knew, because my secret power is when I'm really stressed and like anxious and stuff, I get very calm sometimes. That's great (laughs) though. You know, like, I mean, so when you, when you do a lot of weddings, you see people in like stress mode, right? And like, you know, like it gets to be the day of, and like you've done all this planning and spent all this money and good people can get lost in the heat of the moment for a second. You know what I'm saying? And you see that and people, you know, they can get a little crazy, you know, and that's, that's okay. Like it's understandable, right? Like it's a huge thing, but like you guys were so calm about everything. Like nothing mattered. Like I feel like we could have been late and you guys would have just been like, yeah, whatever, you know? (laughs) Oh yeah. So it's good that like you weren't the person who was freaking out and panicking and, you know, making, you know, everything a big deal, you know, like, do you like... Unless your wedding is in shambles, do you want to, like, run around and be, like, remembering, like, oh, I was so upset the day of my wedding. No. Like, this thing is happening, you know? And, like, the bottom line, really, when it comes down to it is, like, your people were there for you, right? Like, no matter what happened that day, if the food sucked or if the power went out, you know, like, it doesn't matter. Like, you were with all the people that needed to be there, you know? And that's what's important about weddings. And, you know, I also think that it has a lot to do with you guys being vendors because you've gone to weddings and you've seen what people can be like i'm sure you've filmed you know the dramatic freak out and you chose that you weren't going to be that person and you could have been because if you were you know the not chill client when you're a vendor think about how crazy that can be right like if you were like you know what no i do weddings all the time so i know how this has to be and i'm demanding this you guys just weren't like that you know, so I think that was really great of you. You know, you could have gone the total other way. So you guys were fantastic. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think that that speaks for both Amanda and I's personalities. And, and um, like, we – nothing could have happened that day except for, um, <laughs> like, if certain people overstepped some boundaries, um, which I won't go into. <laughs> oh. Like, I, I, I would have politely kind of told them, like, hey, like, this is our day. Like – Thanks. But like, aside from that, like we were just like people, I think it was our coordinator came up and was like, Hey, I just noticed like this, this thing. And I was like, Oh yeah, that's fine. Yeah. yeah. You know what? As we're talking, like for the benefit of the industry, trust your vendor, right? So like if, if you meet a guy and he's going to be your DJ and you like just get bad vibes from him, like you think he's shady or something and you just don't trust him. Like obviously don't work with that guy. Right. But if during the planning process and like cross check with your vendors, like if your florist says something really weird, 
talk to maybe your caterer, talk to maybe your photographer, videographer, DJ, and be like, hey, have you ever heard of this happening? And like, if you confront me about a problem about a photographer and I've never heard that about that, like maybe you shouldn't have booked that person, you know? Um, but like trust your vendors too. And like if if your DJ tells you the format of your wedding is weird, you should take that into consideration rather than being like, well, it's my day and this is what I want to do. Like, you know, like I, I know that it's your day and it's what you want to do, but like we also like weddings kind of have a format, right? And like obviously like I can be flexible and stuff, but like I'm not in the business of doing bad gigs. So I'm going to give you my honest opinion all the time because I want the gig to go as well as it can. And not only that, dude, like taking back to like what you said about like you're not sure, like people don't know about like what DJs go through and stuff. COVID changed DJing for me to a point where it was crazy because like you start DJing all these outside weddings, right? And when you start doing like an outdoor backyard wedding, a lot of times that means there's no staff or staff that is going through changes. They're short on staff. Uh, they have inexperienced staff. They don't have enough. Um, people cut packages. You know, they cut services out. Like I did a wedding one time where caterers just dropped off food and left. You know what I'm saying? So like we had to like pull the food. So like there's been weddings where like I'm setting tables. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm done setting up early and I see my, my bride and groom panicking. So like I'm like, what can I do to help? And they're like, go set up all the chairs for our ceremony. Go pitch this tent. Go set this ta these tables. You know, so like, I'm never there trying to do a bad job. And I'm always looking to like, what can I personally do to make this event better? Because, you know, if setting the table is going to make the event happen quickly and everybody see the dances and everybody get home, I'm getting paid enough money to set tables. You know, like what's the big deal? Like, who cares if it's not my job? Now, obviously I'm not an electrician or something. Like I'm not going to like go fix your circuit breaker or some shit where I could like damage myself or others. But like, I'm really just trying every single thing I can to do to make everybody happy. And you know, it's impossible to make everybody happy, you know? So trust your people and vet them, vet them, like, you know, reach out to them and, you know, check into their social media and, try to research, you know, these bride groups are great and also, um, a killer, you know, like if you're looking for, you know, you can go to like Michigan bride group, whatever Facebook, and like, you can start asking questions about your vendors and stuff. And that's great because like you can find great vendors and you can find great info, but then that's also crazy because since like I've started seeing more and more of those Facebook groups pop up more and more brides send me like 30 question questionnaires. It's like, how often do you gig? Where do you gig? List them. Can you prove them? Do you have any pictures and videos? Do you have a Facebook? Do you have reviews? Do you have a facade? Do you provide lighting? What kind of mics do you use? How many mics do you bring? What do you do when you don't want to play a request? And it's like, I, I honestly don't think I should have to ask answer like a 30 page questionnaire. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to like serve you and stuff. But there's a line, right? Like, you know, like, I'm obviously a professional. I had a client who um, you know, reached out to me and, um, we're talking a lot, right? Like I'm really hitting it off with this client and I'm like, I want to do your wedding because how much we're communicating and the things that we're bonding on right now. And she was still a little weird. She's like, you're not a company or anything. Like what happens if, you know, you can't show up? And I'm like, well, I've been DJing for five years. I've never 
missed a gig. Like, I'm not in that business. But if, lo and behold, something were to happen, I would obviously give you all your money back. But, like, would I be in business if that was, like, the norm? You know, so she was, like, she starts asking questions about my deposit. And bless this girl. I'm friends with her now. But she was, like, can I get a receipt for this cash deposit? And I was, like, yeah, I have receipts. She's, like, oh, you have receipts? Cool. She's, like, so... I don't know, I guess, like, if things don't work out, I can just find you at whatever bar you're playing at, right? And I was like, well, yeah, we're friends on Facebook, so you can see that I'm, like, clearly DJing every weekend, and I'm not in the business of, like, taking your $100 deposit and then bailing on you, right? Like, come on, you know? Right. So, trust your people, vet them, and if you don't trust them, dude, don't work with them. Move on. Find somebody else, you know? Like, and um, I think that, you know is kind of how we started working, right? Like your wife saw me work, you saw me work, and like you guys were like, we like that guy. We trust him. We see him working, you know? So, yeah. Pick your people. You know, don't just like, picking your DJ is a big deal. Picking your photographer is a big deal. Like it goes, picking your photographer goes beyond like, do I want moody or like bright and airy shots? Like it's like, is this person punctual? Does this person have a repertoire? You know, and I think that in this industry, there's so much things that make us successful humans that go above our art, right? So, like, you're successful in the industry, not necessarily because you're a great video person. You are, but, like, you also know how to run a business successfully. And that is a whole crazy topic outside of being a videographer, right? Like, you could be the greatest videographer in the world and not know how to run a business at all and sit on your couch. I could do the same with DJing, right? It's a perfect blend of both, you know? So trust your vendors, you know, make sure they know how to work. that's a big one too is when you hire someone and you're like paying them and everything like just trust them like i didn't doubt i didn't have any doubts on the day of because like we had you which i seen you at the wedding so like i like and when i saw you djing i was like oh yeah this guy's good (laughs) and we were like amanda and i and we were very early into like the wedding planning stage we were like yeah like this guy's good we should get his and i think i might have been the one to be like yeah you want to get his like business card yeah and um and then our photographer was uh she's kind of a friend of ours uh taylor stinson she's we have like mutual friends and then our videographer doug amanda used to work with him so like doug has added me on facebook and his work is amazing oh right on yeah yeah Yeah, he's so good yeah whittingham i want to say it is right yeah 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. he's so good yeah it honestly just like just having because it's good to like do your research too when you're when you're booking vendors but and then also like just trusting them it's like you've already you trust them enough to book them and to like pay them and stuff so like just trust them that they know what they're doing yeah and like the day of i didn't have any doubts or any worries like i knew you guys would you know pull everything off and if there was any technical hiccups we're all in this together you know right and but that's what's cool about you guys because like like i said not every client is like that you know and um i just want to say too and i said it there but what an honor to do, like, a, a wedding for vendors, you know what I'm saying? Like, you guys have seen t- 
tons of DJs, I'm sure. And for you to pick me is huge, especially at that wedding, because I remember Derek's wedding. Um, and Derek's wedding was, um, they were my buddies. It was early on in the business. So I was taking everything. I was not picky about gigs. And they wanted a whole mess of country. And I was just honest with them. I was like, look, you know, I don't know enough country, but like if you provide me a good list of requests, like a, not only a long list of requests, but tell me which one of those are, you know, absolute bangers, like we're going to get through it. So for you to see me at that wedding when I was like unconfident and like, oh, is this going okay? Like, you know, like I have to play to this like country crowd and we're talking like Coyote Joe's country, you know what I'm saying? Like lying <laughs> dance country. Like not my, not yeah. my cup of tea. Yeah. You know, like it was just like, I mean, I know, I know some country, right? But like, can I play you like a four hour long line dance set? No. But can I play, can I mix in like you know, fancy like and save a horse, ride a cowboy and maybe one or two other ones into my dance set. Absolutely. But like, you know, would I go to Coyote Joe's and try to take a residency today? No. You know, so, um, you know, that was an interesting gig for you to like book me for an all vendor wedding. And I just want to say that, like, I walked away from that, like proud. And I was like, you know, like those guys, you know, are great. And gigs like that one and like talking to you guys, like, are the type of gig that like affirms that like I can have a career in this, you know what I'm saying? So thank you, you know, thank you for, <laughs> of course. Me. Yeah. Thank you for, you know, making the day so, so great. Um, yeah. Like, cause there's just so much, so much happening on that day. And I couldn't remember a lot of the songs we gave you and stuff, but I remember you're, you're, you're playing like basically everything we requested and it's just like oh yeah this song and like yeah. and then that just gets me hyped and like from pretty much the beginning of the ceremony to like the final song um my i had like a killer headache that day oh, but man. like that didn't even like take away from it it was just like to me it was the perfect day like it was like the best and it's still like the best day <laughs> in my life and like just the fact that you were like a part of it and i know it just and just made it like special yeah. you know i loved honestly everything about that wedding like you know there's weddings that i forget in time like so like i'm getting to the point where i've done enough weddings now where like um something will pop up in my memories and i'll be like i don't remember that wedding. like i don't remember <laughs> anything about it like i'm looking at it and it says i was at this venue on this date two years ago and it's like was i and it's like obviously because i have a picture on facebook of the bride and like these people dancing but like do I remember anything about that? No, but I remember everything about your wedding. Like, you know, and not because it was bad either, you know, like because it was good. And like, I remember walking in and being like, oh, this is going to be weird because of this big long gap. But like, like I said, man, I got to the end of it and I was like, just so happy and just like playing Spotify, you know, like all day and just hanging out with your people and talking music. I remember talking with your dad a lot. Really? Because, yeah. Your dad does something in music too. He used to run sound. <clears throat> That's what I thought it was. Mm -hmm. And um, at that point in time, I was still really motivated to try and run sound. So, like, we talked a lot about that. And then, you know, I talked to some of your brothers a little bit. But I remember really bonding with your officiant because I was convinced <laughs> that I had seen him before and his name was Horatio, I believe. Uh it, that's, that's like how it's spelled, but it's Horatio. You're right. You're mm -hmm. right. I have him added on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Um, but I remember that guy 
And um, I could have swore that I saw him at another gig. And he was like, no, this is the first wedding I ever officiated. And, um, or maybe he said he'd only done another one or something like that. He said he was new, but I loved his voice. I loved everything he yeah, did. Yeah. I remember you guys had <clears throat> um, live streaming happening on a patio. So, like, I was set up next to, like, a huge live streaming team. And, um, you know, I just remember sitting with your vendors and just shooting the shit with, you know, just people that were obviously highly respected and just talking to everybody. And it was interesting to sit with all them. And, like, there was just this super chill in the air. And, like, even vendors were, like, you know, being honest about things instead of having, like, their vendor face on and being, like, well, I want to talk crap about this person, but I can't, <laughs> you know, because I'm a vendor, you mm-hmm. know. Um, <clears throat> so, um, yeah, dude, I just remember everything about that day. Um, you know, I remember playing an Owl City song. Uh, I remember your <laughs> – I remember – that it was a particularly different wedding for me because your guys' requests were so fun that I almost just was like, I'm going to skip my family block and play all this hype stuff right at the beginning. And, like, we had a lot of dancing for a little while. And then there was obviously, you know, every wedding has that point where it kind of clears out a little bit. But you guys still had, like, a hard, dedicated crew. We played, like, (laughs) My Chemical Romance at your wedding and stuff. So, like, yeah, truly a wedding I will never forget. I remember the tent. The weather was beautiful. Um, the tent was perfect, you know, like you guys had heat coming in from the tent. So like, yeah, it was just, I, you know, I don't know, man, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you all the details about my wedding from three weeks ago, but I remember yours from a year and a half ago. Wow. So like, like the back of my hand. That's amazing. Yeah. So. Yeah. Cause we, we really tried to put a lot of like small touches into things like the subtle things that maybe like the vendors would notice, but like we were trying to plan for all the elements. Cause you know, uh, uh, an outdoor ish wedding in October in the fall can be hit or miss with rain and cold. Yeah, yeah. You never really know what to expect. So we have the tents, we have the heaters. We, we basically plan for all the elements, you know, we paid extra to have the sides around the tent. So if it's, it's raining, like, boom, like we're, we're covered literally. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, everything just, came together so perfectly and that's why no matter the little like faux pas or whatever like everything like i didn't care about it it's just like this day's perfect and i just want to remember right the whole thing it's good that you walked into it like that dude because i've seen people throw very expensive extravagant weddings and they freak out about every little detail and like you could walk into a wedding that cost and took 20 times more work and still be just as chill and understand that people are human and they make mistakes. Like, you know, it's not like, you know, your DJ showed up two hours drunk, reeking a pot and, you know, fuck the day up. You know what I'm saying? Like things happen, you know, like people, people make mistakes. They are fallible, you know? So, but like truthfully, dude, your wedding went great and it was going to go great regardless because of, like you said, exactly like you guys weren't going to care about little details, you know? So I commend you for that. Like you guys truly made it a celebration and not uh, a panic and a thing to like show off to your family and junk like that. You know, like you guys did it for you. And like, it was one of those weddings where I like text my girlfriend and I was like, I love you. You know, like I really (laughs) care about you, you know, like this Uh couple's really cute and like, you know, I care about you. And like, that's, you know, I, I just remember that about your wedding and everybody there, all the couples there and the family, 
everybody was so nice and welcoming and like, you know, sometimes you do a wedding and like people don't want to talk to the DJ and that's fine. Like I'm working, you know what I'm saying? But like, I just remember being tight with everybody walking around family, you know, vendors and stuff, you know, like it was just one of those weddings where everybody was really welcoming. I think that goes to show that like you and Amanda are just like such a good couple and like your families to the point where like you guys are such good couples that even your like your family meshes, you know what I'm saying? Like your family and her family seemed tight or at least like, you know, not problematic, I should say, you know? So yeah, I mean, I guess you get to, you get to meet a lot of people and see a lot of things when you DJ weddings, right? You see people in very stressful situations and you can learn about them quick and, um, you guys just have a way. Yeah. That's good to know. Um, I like to think that the both of us together, when we're around other people, we, because we're pretty chill, we're pretty like down earth. So like, we're not putting on a facade or whatever. Like we, so when we're around people, we just want people to feel like relaxed, comfortable, like feel like themselves feel like, Hey, you're like, you're like family, you know? Um, and that kind of ties to like my family. Cause like, that's how they are. Like, which you've experienced, but like when my family meets people, like if I brought friends over, my family's like, yo, you're like our family now, right, <laughs> you know? Right. So we just, I don't know, we have it ingrained in us and um, we try to have that reflect on that day. Um, Cause like, I don't know, there's a lot of people who like might seem nice or something on the surface, but then in like a, like their wedding or something or a high stress situation, you kind of see their like true colors. And so I try like, no matter what, situation i'm in it's like you're seeing like you're seeing me like i'm not like putting on a facade or whatever i just try to be genuine and like real with people and it's it's a learned thing like um because i've struggled with confidence and like speaking up that's something i'm not good at so it's like how do you be confident without being like cocky you know right yeah i feel the same honestly you know and because there was a point in time where i was really cocky and, you know, like, I think in our industries, being overly cocky will get you nowhere, right? Like, being humble will always get you further because people will like that, you know? Like, we don't need to walk in the room and be like, yeah, I'm the best motherfucking DJ that's ever walked the Michigan, you know what I'm saying? I'm not, you know what I'm saying? Like, there are people who wipe the floor with me, but I've been lucky enough to carve out a market for myself and like that's something to be proud of but it's also something that could end at any moment right so like i just have to continue to be thankful that people around me care to let me do what i do and like i've been lucky enough to like care enough work hard enough to be successful to have those resources to be able to do it you know so um yeah things are crazy like it's it's such a whirlwind you know what I'm saying? So I don't know where we were going with that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, no, no, you're totally fine. Um, but I think that's great. And I think that speaks, I don't know, it's, it, to me, just hearing that and everything that you put into what you do, like, I totally get it. And if we were to like get married again, like I'd, I'd book you in a heartbeat. Just, uh, like I'd do it for free this time. <laughs> well, I, I would, I would still pay you. I know. But... I know. I'm just kidding. I mean, I mean, I obviously, I don't think I'd ever DJ anything for free, right? Like, you know, like, there's just, like, you know, there's a point now. Like, obviously, like, I'm worth something. You know, but, like, would I charge you, like, would I charge a stranger? Absolutely not, Dustin. But I'm I'm still going to pay because 
you know, like you say, from a vendor perspective uh, and like an artist perspective, like I, I want to pay people because I've been in those situations where we're being very generous for our services and mm -hmm. people lowball us. Yeah. And it sucks. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want, I don't want to make you or like anyone else feel like that. Like I want to make sure you feel or whoever like feel properly compensated for your efforts. Right. You know, um, I have no problem, you know, if someone talks to me and they're trying to like, Hey man, we're, we're having a little bit of a budget issue. But like if people reach out to me and they're like, yeah, I'm just in the market of haggling. It's like, sorry, you know, red flag. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, I don't know, dude, like I know that like my essential package, like what I provide and the amount of money I ask for and like what I do is cheap. And like, I'm okay with it being cheap because I'm newer. I'm not one of these DJs who's been DJing since they were 15 and I'm in my fifties. I know people like that. I have mentors like that. Um, and like, they obviously have a right to charge more than me, right? Like I almost feel like they're setting the bar for what I can charge because what they charge, I shouldn't get reasonably, right? Like I shouldn't make what my mentor is making when he's booked out way more than me and, you know, just always rocks crowds, right? Like, you know, like I'm at a point where like it can still be argued that I'm still learning, not learning like he is, you know? So, um, but yeah, dude, like, I don't know. I'm trying to be competitive. So like, if you got to come at me and like, try to like, you know, we're not even in the same ballpark, like I'm out, you know, like I'm just not going to deal with it. Like you can find somebody else and like, see what you get for what you pay. Um, like I had an offer to do like a Halloween gig not too long ago and it was the day before Halloween and I was open and I was kind of overbooked. So I'm also at a point right now where like, I want to meet my clients and I want to talk to them. And like, like I said, if we're not vibing, like, we should probably find another DJ, you know, like if you, like if there's enough, if I personally think that somebody else could do it better than me, like I'm going to tell you and I'm going to tell you to go in that direction. So like I said, I'm not in the business of doing bad gigs. Right. But I also don't want to do like gigs. I don't want to do anymore either. You know? So like I got an offer to do a gig and, um, it was close enough to the point where it wasn't a big deal, but it ended up being, you know, outside middle of fall, had to bring all my own equipment uh, it was going to be cold. It was going to be late. You know, there was a ton of announcing work that had to be done. It wasn't necessarily like a DJ work. It was like MC work. And like, I'm, I'm cool with all of this until we get to the point where he tells me that power is kind of questionable. And like, you know, he's like, yeah, you got to run power off of like one of the neighbor's houses and like, they're cool, but you're going to have to like run your extension cord. It's going to be over a hundred feet away. And, like, I was just, like, no. Nah. So, like, you know, that's a red flag for me. Like, if I'm going to be that far away from power, you're, like, potentially putting my equipment in danger. So, like, I'm not going to deal with that, right? So, like, I'm upcharging at this point. So, like, I shot above, and I knew this guy wasn't going to book me, and that's why I gave him the number I did, you know, because I didn't want to do it. But if you were willing to pay me that much, okay, you know. But then he's, like, you know, I told him what I told him, and, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, I had this other DJ who quoted me, like, 550 bucks cheaper. And I was like, well, you know what? Even if it was, like, pristine conditions, like, I would never do this type of gig for this much money. Like, sorry, dude, it's more worth it for me to have a day off. You know, like, I'm busy, you know. So, um, 
I don't know. I guess I'm lucky to not have to stress about the amount of work I have. Like, I already have enough work, so, like, I don't need to be low-balled, you know? Like, and I want to be confident with my people, you know? Like, and I think that that's a huge thing about running a business that can be said for, like, everybody, right? Like, you don't want to take on clientele. You don't want to take on, like, like if you, like, got approached by this guy who was like, yeah, I want to shoot this video and it's going to be crazy and, like, he had this, like, concept and you just, like, weren't vibing with him and you were like, hey, man, you know... I'm not saying you're a new videographer, but, like, what if you were a new videographer and he, like, wanted to do a bunch of things that were beyond your control? Would it be smart for you to take that gig? Would it be smart for you to take that work knowing that you couldn't deliver what that client wanted? No. No. Don't do it. Like, send them the other way, you know? So that's my opinion on things like that, you know? Um, Yeah. Yeah. Where are we going now? (laughs) Right on. Well, um, I was actually going to say, I think we might need to uh, do a part two because I, because um, originally I wanted to like kind of segue into music, but there's so much to what you do in the industry. So I'd love to have you back on and we can I definitely do it. Talk about music. Um, Cause that, that's a whole other uh, topic on its own. I know. Truthfully, we didn't talk about anything that we thought, like I thought we were going to talk about, mm-hmm. but um I think this has been a great little get together and I liked learning about you and I like being able to talk. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, that's, that's why I love doing this. Um, cause and, and, and I've gotten better at it, I have to say, but just having people on and it's a chance for us to get to know one another, get to talk. And cause that's really what this is about. Um, yeah. And, like, what I do is, like, storytelling, so, like, this is an extension of that. But, like, you, you also have stories to tell, so that's why I want to have, like, people I've come across with and just, like, I want to know more about what you do on a daily basis and the trials and tribulations and all that. Because I think that's the kind of stuff that, like, brings us together as people. It's, like, we all kind of are doing kind of similar stuff and just, like, a bit different. Right. And, uh, I mean, like, you know, I try to surround myself with people that are you know, not like like-minded, but like we, we kind of all like, kind of all vibe. Right. You know, right. Um, cause that's the thing. I, I love meeting people from all sorts of different like backgrounds and perspectives and stuff. So like getting to talk to you about what you do. And like, I have like, you know, like very little to like no idea of like what it's like to be a DJ and like be out right. there. Um, I was a metal vocalist and like, I didn't, have to do anything with the sound you know i just like showed up did the thing right but like hearing about what you do and the thought like the mindset and the effort that you put into things like it's like it's it shows a lot about you and like your attention to detail oh thank you and uh just like you how you connect with other people and i just think it's great and i feel like you're like just in a really good place and you're gonna continue to like keep keep growing and like keep getting where you want to be i appreciate you and i just gotta say for this part like there is there are times when i like like my life has changed so much in the last like five years since i started djing and it's just wild that in the beginning i literally told someone no and they basically talked me into this and when i started djing i was like broke living at home driving a beater car and um People were telling me that, you know, I shouldn't do this. Like, you know, like I remember one kid specifically being like, hey man, isn't it time to grow up? 
like, you know, like, don't throw your whole life into this bar. You know what I'm saying? And, like, I just remember walking away from that conversation. And, like, at the time, I was like, I'm going to do this because, like, I would do this even if there was no money involved. So, like, now I have to go just as hard. Even if I'm making $75 a week, like, that's better than what I've been doing for the last 15 years. So, I got to throw everything at this. You know what I'm saying? And, like, one year I bought a $10,000 car cash. And, like, just thinking that there was a point in time where, like, I didn't have a bank account. I didn't have any credit. And that was, like, less than five years ago. So, to, like, think about, like, coming up with, like, getting to a point where, like, I have enough money to pay ten grand for a car cash, like, five years ago, that was unfathomable. And, like, people would have been like, yeah, Matt will never be able to do that. And I know people, like, didn't think super highly of me at some point. You know what I'm saying? Like, so for... DJing to change my life to where it is now to like where people like say the nicest things to me like not even just in like reviews like you know I go back and I look at my old posts and like people reach out to me and like they talk to me and like you know now I have a trailer and like everyone thinks things are going so good and they don't realize that like I'm just like a hamster on a wheel like spinning constantly so like I don't think about the good things right like I'm just like gotta work gotta work gotta work gotta work so it's really hard to like stop and like look around and go, oh my God, like I'm here, you know what I'm saying? And to know that there's people out there that are like, I know people out there are genuinely interested in what I'm doing and think that I'm already successful and going to continue to be more successful. It's wild and I am just so thankful. And one of the main reasons why I'm so thankful about it, and I think that this goes in all forms of art, especially when you're starting right is I'm sure you find you get into a project things go really good there's a lot of hype surrounding a project and then all of a sudden that project ends and you know it's on to the next thing right for whatever reason did you break up did your singer get pregnant you know what I'm saying what happened and then you know there might be a stream of years where there's four or five projects that are bad and then all of a sudden you get into a new band and like everyone's like oh this one's actually doing it you know what I'm saying like they might do it and then they break up and then you, you, you're just back at that point of like, well, you know what I'm saying? This has been the highest high I've ever been on and the longest high I've ever been on. You know, it's been like five years and it just keeps going up and like, I don't know when it's going to stop. So that's really exciting and I'm just very thankful and um, I don't know what I'd do. I'm a different human than I was than when I started before I started DJing. I'm very thankful for the group of people that have put me in the positions that I have. I want to be legit and say that, like, ah, there was a point in time where I was lying to get gigs. Like, people would ask me, you know, have you ever DJed a wedding before? And I'd be like, absolutely. And I'd walk into that wedding not knowing the first thing about anything. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just like, yeah, I don't know anything about formal dances. I'm just going to show up and play. See ya. You know, like, that was my first wedding. Um, so I, I just want to give some shout-outs real quick. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah. So first off, like, my uh, mom, dad, stepdad, the people who let me continue to live at home, not pay bills, and throw myself 110% at music while I was failing. Uh, thanks for helping me build. You know what I'm saying? Um, and then the people that really got me going DJing, uh, Deontay Anderson, DJ Dita's, this guy came over and... 
showed me how to work a controller. I had no idea what DJs did. It didn't make any sense to me. It was intimidating to look at. And he came over to my house and showed me what to do and gave me all of his music. And he came to my house for two eight-hour sessions and wanted no money or anything. He just wanted to help. And that guy changed my life. Introduced me to, um, not at this time, but over time, some DJs who have helped change my life. Uh, Drew Isabel, who has, you know, given me work and been a DJ longer than me. And we've, you know, we always get caught up bouncing ideas off each other and talking about music and the industry and things like that. Kenny Washington is one of my mentors. He's one of the guys that I was talking about from this. Uh, he runs K&K Trinity. This guy is Michigan famous. Check him out. Like, don't book me, book Kenny. You know what I'm saying? He He's a rock star. Um, Kenny Love giving me gigs at, you know, Hamlin and helping me get in there and meeting people like Dave Durkee um, that have continued to book me. You know, there's people out there legitimately employing me. You know what I'm saying? It's like, that's wild. Um, party Pros. Um, anyone that I've done subcontracting to. So Party Pros is the company that you guys booked me through. And um, I lied to them in the beginning about how many weddings I did. They reached out to me. And I remember it like it was yesterday, dude. We met at a Dunkin' Donuts. I was wearing blue jeans and a purple t-shirt. And, like, I showed up, like, too early because I was like, I have to get this. Um, and, like, they were just talking to me about weddings and trying to figure out how much I DJed and stuff. And, like, not once did I ask about money. Not once. And we got to the end and they were like, so do you want to talk about pay? And I was like, yeah. And they were like, okay, do you have all your own equipment? And I ran them through what I had and... You know, I was missing some stuff, and they were like, okay, if you go out and you buy the rest of the equipment, we'll pay you $45 an hour. And I remember laughing at them because I make like $15 an hour at my day job, you know what I'm saying? So I was like, screw you, like that's great money, you know? And then they've continued to book me and educate me and help me find equipment and learn things and how to deal with certain situations and stuff. Like, it's not like you go to like wedding school, right? Or DJ school. So, like, your network is everything. And, um, you know, Shannon for introducing me to Party Pros, if she checks this out. Uh, <laughs> anyone who helped me deal with the stresses of being a wedding DJ. Um, John at the fill-in station, you know, for getting me started at the bar and, like, trusting me and letting me act like I knew how to mix, but bombing every set list for like a month. I swear to God, I was going to get fired from my first bar gig because I was like lying to people and being like, I can mix. And like, I had no idea what I was doing. You know what I'm saying? Just bombing. Well, fake it till you make it. Exactly. That the... and, and that's what it was, dude. Like, you know, like, so, um, you know, uh, Zanetta subcontracting work. Thank you. Um, I want to thank Catherine for, you know, dealing with it you know like being my girlfriend and dealing with a tough work schedule things like that you know and dealing with like you know us being out on date night and uh i get a phone call and i have to deal with my client you know what i'm saying um all of my band members which is way too long to list i will not go through this and you know but um you know, I've jammed with some of my heroes and there are people who helped cultivate me through my musician years, like my actual musician years, who helped me grow enough to the point where like DJing was an easy thing, you know what I'm saying? So like 
Uh, it takes a village. Oh, man. Also, like, let's be real. I got to thank the people at my day job. I don't want to say where I work at my day job, but if anyone is listening to this, like, I have, for the first time, a very supportive team that, like, lets me not work huge important days like Thanksgiving. Like, I have Thanksgiving off, and it's because I'm working a bar gig on Wednesday, you know, so... Um, or like, you know, my manager, Joe, he, what a saint, dude, this guy, I can come in hungover on two hours of sleep and he doesn't give me a hard time about it. He's like, I know you got to be tired. I'd be tired too. Um, Joe also, uh, at one point, and this just goes to say how great of a dude he is and how great of like teammates I have that might not even be DJs. This guy, you know, um, the Monday before St. Patty's Day, I didn't have a St. Patty's Day gig. And I got a call for a bar and I could fit it in in the evening. And I was like, I'm going to take it, made a post about it, started blowing up, made someone else go, you know, maybe we should book that guy during the day. But I had to work my day job. Right. So like I looked at my manager and I was like, hey, man, uh, if I don't come to work on St. Patty's Day, I can make like what I'd make in two weeks DJing and or in two weeks at DJing in one day. And I was like, can you know, can I? have the day off and he was like just didn't even question it he heard the money that i would make and he was like you got to do it and like that guy put himself through like retail hell mid pandemic on saint patty's day so i could go dj you know what and like i've had other people that i've worked with in the past that would have just been like you're on the schedule you know what i'm saying so uh i hope i didn't forget anybody it's and I want to apologize if there's somebody that I like directly forgot. Like it's not like I got a list of you know, a worksheet in front of me. I've been wanting to come up with like a formal way to like thank all these people via like a fa a Facebook post and really like sit down and go through like everybody who's helped me get there. But like like I said, dude, it takes a village. And like at that point, like I'd have to be like thanking clients too, like individually. You know what I'm saying? Because there's a lot of clients who helped me get here too. It's a lot of friends who helped me while I was learning. So, and like, even like you, man, thank you for caring enough about what I do to have me come here and be a part of your art. You know what I'm saying? That's huge. And like, you know, if, if, if people didn't, I think that this goes to show that I'm doing something right. Right. Like, you know, like if I bombed your fucking wedding, we'd never talk again. Right. You know, so thank you. Thank you for being a creative and letting me be a part of your creative journey while you're simultaneously being a part of mine. Yeah, of course. Thank you. And I, yeah, absolutely. And I think that's what it's all about is, you know, connecting as, you know, as people, especially in like the past year I've learned, like, you know, you, you gotta, to, to make things happen, you gotta have people, you gotta, people that support you, people that help you accomplish your goals and what you're trying to do. And I'm sure anyone who's listening that you didn't name personally and like a thank you, I'm sure they like understand because like there's a lot of people that helped you get like where you are now. Right. And um, yeah, like that's really what it's all about is just connections. Like I'm a very big, it's, I don't know, it's kind of funny because like I don't have a lot of connections. I don't, personally, I don't have like a lot of like friends. <laughs> right. But like, I don't know, I'm very big on connections and like quality connections, I would say, like, I guess it's, I'm very particular on like the people that I like continue to like correspond with. Cause like you, like with how well we connected and everything, I wanted to make sure like we didn't like lose that. Cause I know you're a very busy guy. Like, you know, I'm 
I'm very busy. Right. But I wanted to make sure that we could like keep this going because I'm the kind of person when I connect with someone, I don't like I can't just like let that go, you know. It's like, hey, like we're humans, we're all trying to like figure it out here. We're all just humans hum humaning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And no one yeah, there's no playbook. I mean, there's some playbooks out there, but like <laughs> like I'm I'm figuring stuff out. And, like, just us having this conversation and just getting to hear stuff from your perspective and, like, how you felt about, like, our day and stuff. Like, we all kind of need those little, like, nudges that we're on the right path. And I think that's that's what's important about, like, this here is being able to, like, have those, like, moments of, like, oh, yeah, I, I think I'm doing the right thing. You know, like, I feel like I'm on, like, a, a good path. Right. And, um, but that, that's what I appreciate about you. And like, what I appreciate about like, get, you know, having you on here is like, you know, just being able to have like a real conversation <laughs> with someone. Yeah. yeah. Cause I don't have a lot of those. <laughs> no, I mean, honestly, dude, I love this. And, um, you know, I hope I was organized enough and like, cause like I was driving over here and I, I've been thinking about this all week. I'm like, what are we going to talk about? And like I said, we didn't really like talk about a lot of the things that we talked about and, I feel like that's just the general nature of, like, podcasting, right? Like, you start talking, and next thing you know, you get on a tangent, and that's, like, how it goes, right? Like, you and I live such different lives, right? Like, you know, and that's what makes it interesting. Um, so, you know, yeah, this was really interesting, and I figured it would be fun just based off of the fact that we've had the connection before, like, from the wedding. And it's interesting because, like, you and I will go months without talking, but then next thing you know... We have like a few weeks where we're like blowing each other up, talking every couple days, sending each other, you know, projects back and forth and stuff. And um, I think it's really cool and I'm very thankful to have met you guys, you know, and like that's one super great thing about weddings that I haven't touched on is there's a lot of like strangers that I meet that become like legitimate friends. Like not only do they continue to support me after I'm done working for and with them, but like you know, like, I genuinely care about what you're doing and want to support you, and I, like, would love to have time to, like, hang out, you know what I'm saying, like, it's the down season, like, you know, like, let's get together, you know, like, we're not that far, you know, so, um, thank you for becoming one of my friends, man, <laughs> yeah, found it, yeah, Boom. right, I wish, I wish Amanda would have been here so we could have talked with her a little bit, but I know she's, oh, it's right okay, now. yeah, she, um, she's actually working on English breakfast, which, cool. um, I'm actually, so I just submitted the, I was doing the Kickstarter for English Breakfast. I didn't know you were doing a Kickstarter. Yeah, I, I've i been kind of working on it myself, and I, I shot a little promo video for it. Um, and I, it, it took a while because, you know, I have all these other projects I'm trying to do. And, like, trying to do everything with, like, a day job. Like, I have to be very particular with what I'm doing. So I finally just, I think it was last night, I submitted the Kickstarter for review. So I'm going to be finding out soon when they accept it, it's going to go live. And basically it's, um, so with English breakfast, we started it last year and we were working with Oakland university, okay. their student video production. So they were basically just producing it for us. Yeah. And after COVID and stuff, we had to like finish it on our own and we couldn't get the same locations. We couldn't get, we didn't have the same resources. So we paid for a lot of stuff out of pocket. Right. So the Kickstarter is to, like recoup <laughs> what we invested right um with hopefully enough left over so we can um like put our film in like festivals and stuff when it's done nice so once i get the word back from kickstarter that 
you know, they approve everything. I'm going to launch that. Um, I've got some like tiered rewards that I'll be um, like, like, for example, one of them's like you get a copy of the screenplay and I'm going to like write some custom notes and like, because uh, originally, like, um, not to get too far off, because like we were pretty close to wrapping up. I know. But like, <laughs> that's what happens though. But like, it's English Breakfast is like a dark comedy, and it started like I wanted to do like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like Hills Have Eyes kind of vibe. It's set in like the '70s, so like it went through like a lot of changes. So that's one of the things I want to like. You know, like. I'm like that'd be interesting, like. So, like, one of the tiers, you get, like, a copy of the screenplay, and it's going to have, like, my notes. Um, but it's 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 just a way to um, to get people involved with our film. And, like, you know, we want people to, like, be a part of our journey because it's been a long fucking journey with this thing. And I'm – as much as I'm ready to just, like, launch it, and but it's, like, our child now. Yeah. And we've put so much work into it. So, like, we've got to fucking finish this and, like, put it in the festivals and stuff and – our goal is to just get as much as we can from it. Like ideally I'd love for it to help us get investors for like future projects. Right. So that's where we're at right now. And I'm being optimistic and you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Well, you let me know. Um, honestly, even if there is no Kickstarter, I will donate to your creativity <laughs> straight up. I wish I would have known. I usually have a little bit of cash on me. I literally would have handed you some cash right now no no. well well, dude i support you and like you know like that's one of those things right so like it's not like i can like show up to your gig and like be a face in the crowd and be like you know i support dustin and i brought my five friends here for dinner to like make this bar a little bit more busy for him so like truthfully dude like if i if i like have to throw money at you to support you like i am about that you know what i'm saying like i have had people throw money at me to support me too like that's like the basis of work and like I want to see you succeed, so, like, throw in a little bit of money to, like, make sure that, like, you get one step closer to your goal. You just let me know, man. I am into it. And if you ever need audio, like, you know who to call. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're right. So. Not Ghostbusters, but... Ah! Yeah. yeah, no, please don't call them. Uh-huh, right. I don't, I don't know if they could help you. Yeah. They could. Who knows? Yeah. The new one was pretty good. I didn't but see that, it. I... I, I saw it. That's a whole topic uh, for a different time. Yeah, I'm not a movie guy, so <laughs> oh, I know. Okay. I'm so sorry. I just <laughs> that's, get out of here. Get out of here. No, Leave. Just kidding. Like, how dare you? No, no, no. And and that's what that's what I love about this. Is like you know we come from like different perspectives and stuff. Like you're more music oriented. I mean, I'm a music like fanatic. I listen to music like 24 seven. So like that's. One of the reasons I wanted you on, which is why I'm looking forward to having you on Part again, so we can tunes. like talk about music because there's like a whole lot of stuff I'd love to talk about. But yeah, I, I appreciate you making the drive out here and you know coming on here anytime, and anytime. telling us about what you do. So uh, with that being said, I look forward to sharing with you uh, what I have up next. I don't really have too much lined up. Um, I'm actually going to be on another podcast this Wednesday. Um, a so I met this guy, Danilo Judd. He's on a podcast. It's called Galaxy of Film. And he just invited me to come on his podcast. Uh, so this coming Wednesday, we're going to be talking about the new, we're going to be talking about Ghostbusters and like the new one. Cool. Um, so it, there's, his podcast is like very movie based. And then my, my friend Tony that I've mentioned, like I'm going to have him on. Um, he's like improv actor and he does like, he's he's been involved in like all my productions. 
So I'm going to have him on and then, yeah, um, this is my show. So I pretty much.